Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli, of course, you're you. Today's guest is Eamon Armstrong. We are talking with Eamon Armstrong, host of Life is a Festival podcast. He also hosts the Psychedelic Therapy podcast. Eamon is a staple at the Burning Man. At the at the Burning Man? No, now I sound like an old perk. Hey, he goes to the uh, the Burning Man there in the in the Black Rock Desert. Life is a festival. He's a writer, speaker, podcast host, and um, he is also the host of the Psychedelic Therapy podcast. He serves as VP of Communications at Maya Health, a psychedelic medicine software company. Um, where he has, he hosts that interview series, the psychedelic therapy podcast. And, uh, he's an enthusiast of personal growth, psychedelic healing. We have a great conversation. We met on club. Well, you guys, will, you guys will hear what we talk about. I don't need to do this whole rigmarole. Anyway, uh, thanks for all of your love and support to this show. It means the world to me. Every time I log into Apple podcasts and I see a new five-star rating and review, it always warms my heart. And um, really just uh, appreciate it very much. So, um, so yeah, I've been, I've been thinking recently about this show and about what I'm doing. I think I'm going to release a solo podcast about my thought process involving this show, the future of this show, my new show that I've been working on on Patreon called Dosadelic, which is a comedy show. And I'm realizing as I'm talking to Eamon in this podcast, we, met, we talked a little bit about the coyote, the trickster, levity. I'm fucking creating that right now. <laughs> if you guys have listened to any episode of Dosadelic, you realize how wildly different it is than Mikeadelic. Sure, it's still similar because it's me, but... Uh, I'm not really thinking about like, oh, what can I say or what can I say or what might, you know, what I, I'm just letting it rip. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, the name of the podcast. We need a name for the podcast. I, I always struggle with this because I don't want it to sound, you know, too, I don't know, whatever. We, we got Dosadelic right now. That's the working title. We plan on launching in the summer, full launch, full on, you know, studio, video, audio, the whole nine yards, because I'm really loving what I'm creating with this Dosadelic comedy podcast. You know, most of you know, I started doing stand-up comedy, you know, doing a lot of open mics and bar shows and check spots at clubs and was just kind of like working my way into the scene there. And then I decided, eh, maybe not, maybe not so much, but that the, I went traveling, I did other things. That element, though, of comedy has never left me, and I feel like with this past year, it's been more reignited in me to be that kind of wild, crazy sort of guy that I am that most people who know me personally know me to be. And it's just the, if you ask me, if I ask myself to ask myself <laughs> what the biggest joy that I have, it's fucking making people laugh. It's making people laugh. It's having a good time and making people laugh. And I'm really loving the environment that I get to do it on, on the podcast. And I want to do live shows. So anyway, I'll get into it all in a solo podcast and we'll talk about that. Well, you know, maybe we'll make it an interactive thing and I'll bring some people up. I would love to do more interactive things. And um, so currently right now, if you want to get involved and be more interactive with me, 
The best way to do it is go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You get access to the Inner Sanctum Discord server. And um, we're just, you know, I want to do a lot of things over there with people. Also, just feel free to message me. Check out all, you know, my links and everything. Get in contact with me. And uh, yeah, big shout out. I was I, I cut myself off because I was going to shout out uh, some recent people like Justin, uh, who's the uh, newest patron member. Thanks, Justin, uh, for for your support for joining our community. I really want it to be our community. Um, and uh, thanks to everybody that goes on Apple Podcasts and leaves five star ratings and reviews, like Johnny, who said, "If you're a mind explorer, this podcast is a great place for info." and just greasy discussions. Mike is a pretty funny dude. Plus I like hearing from fellow aliens. They're not completely entrapped in the new age movement. Great podcast. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, keep it up, Mike. Perfectly fine podcast to listen to. <laughs> I asked one of my friends, I was like, dude, I know you listen to the show. I was like, do you mind if you, you leave like a, a rating and review? And he's like, yeah, no problem, man. And he just wrote, he, his name is, he made up a name, Jangus Targus. <laughs> And he wrote, internet. This is the internet at its best. Big shout out to you, Matt. Love you, buddy. Thanks for that. So, yeah, we just I just want to have fun. Just want to create awesome, entertaining things. And, um, you know, speaking of awesome things, let's get into the sponsors. This podcast wouldn't be possible. I wouldn't be alive and breathing if it wasn't for the support, the amazing support that I get from Sheath Underwear. Not just the support from wearing the underwear, which is the best men's pouch underwear on the market designed to isolate the male package to reduce the chafing and the sticking and the sweating. No more readjusting, no more, you know, uh, uncomfortable uh, sandpaper-like boxers. You know, you go to Costco or something like that and you get like a 10-pack or whatever. Don't do that. Get sheath underwear. Spend the money to get a great pair of underwear. This is what I do. I, I, I basically wear the same pair of jeans uh, all the time. Number one, I love them. And number two, they just they work for me. I like them. I'd rather have one pair of something that I absolutely love than a bunch of just shitty things. And let me tell you, boxers, it sounds ridiculous to say, but boxers and briefs and all that stuff has always been really annoying for me because I have really big thighs and, uh, you know, but not such, not like a huge waist really, you know, 34. And, uh, but like, I never was able to find something that was able to really like be very comfortable in every situation possible. And you don't have to use the pouch. You don't have to use the pouch. But however, I will say life is a fucking festival. And what do they do when you go into festivals? Well, they, they want to make sure that you don't have certain things. But with the sheath pouch underwear, you can have all the, the things. Because it's a pouch. So if you're a psychedelic person and you're on the fence, you get sheath underwear because they're comfortable. They have moisture wicking material. The owner is just a huge fan of podcasts and comedy and psychedelics. And um, they've just been such a great support for me. And their underwear is amazing. It's like, it's a win, 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 win. And uh, so, you know, get a pair of sheath underwear. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Put in the promo code MIKEADELIC at checkout. You get 20% off. Also, they're always running deals. So check and see. 
It looks like they have a 30% off while supplies last deal for their mossy oak sale. It's got nine hours left. So see if you could double stack a deal. Get 50% off. Get 50% off. Put in the code Mikeadelic, get 20% off, and then get their like flash sale deal that's going on right now. Or maybe it expired. I don't know. But I, I just went to the website. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's still up there. But they're amazing. I love them. I love Sheath. I love the company. I love the owner. I love the underwear. What more can I say? Just buy the fucking underwear, please. Uh, you know, for the love of God, help me out here so I can eat and feed my family. I got 10 kids, and they're all starving to death unless you buy sheath underwear. And, you know, the, 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 the air that it creates down there, the separation, it will actually activate your pineal gland. You'll start seeing in 5D consciousness. You'll ascend to the eighth dimension. You Pretty soon you'll be living in the 17th one. You'll just become a numinous, uh, glowing orb of light when you put the sheath underwear on. And you'll be able to do all kinds of things and whatever. All right, that's enough. That 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 they're great. You guys know how how I love them, and I wouldn't be like trying to sell you shit that I didn't actually wear and didn't love. Love them. They're the best. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code Mikeadelic twenty percent off. Next is uh, go to uh, Student Loan Tutor. Check them out. Just tell them I sent you Zach Geist. They help me out. They're they're great. Go to Mushroom Revival. Get 15% off. And then uh, also check out a uh, new sponsor of the pod, Ohana Kava Bar. And uh, that's going to be Kava. It's great. I love Kava. I love, I, I love how it makes me feel. I love sipping on some Kava. It's, uh, it's amazing. If you don't know what Kava is, Google it. Check it out. Go to ohanakavabar.com and, uh, and, and check it out. If you know about Kava, this is some good stuff, and I just love the way that they're like packaged and they look. The aesthetics are always really important to me, so uh, they're really nailing that. They're delicious and really makes you feel really relaxed and, and calm and cool and a little euphoric and energized. It's good stuff. It's really, really good stuff. It's much better, in my opinion, for like lubricating a social situation is to sip on some kava rather than you know drink some booze, but you know. Every now and then a good cocktail is good, but you got to check this stuff out. You put in the promo code time wheel and you save 10%. That's time wheel for 10% off of Ohana Kava bar. All the links are in the description. Everything's there, you know, just uh, support the pot. This is my way of, 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 you know, we got to do this stuff and I don't put the commercials and the ads in the middle of the podcast to break up the conversation. I just put them in the beginning and I know maybe people skip through this and stuff, but it's what helps keep the lights on here. I'm not, it's just me. This podcast is just me. I'm not part of, you know, anything else. Uh, and there's no one else helping me. It's just me. So, uh, help me out, help yourself out and, uh, help these companies out who are great companies and great owners and, uh, and, you know, um, really passionate about, um, making just really good products. And, uh, you know, this is the kind of like, free market that I love. It's not this like crony capitalist corporate bullshit. It's like when people actually have a solution to a problem or make something better or have just a great product or service. And then I get to tell you about it and then you get to experience it. And then I get a little bit, you guys know the whole gist of how it all works. I, what the fuck am I, you know, do giving you a whole Tony Robbins, Gary V fucking rant for anyway, without further ado, enough, enough, enough for me. You got all the links. 
If you want to support the podcast, just go into the show description. Go into the the show description and see all the links that I have in there. It'll tell you everything that you can do to help support. Whatever you do, I love you guys very much and uh, really grateful that I get to do this show and uh, have awesome conversations like this and share it with you guys. Solo episode coming out soon. I'll have an episode with amazing author Bet Williams coming out soon and, um, and more fun going on. More coyote energy coming very soon. All right, let's get in this conversation with Eamon Armstrong. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Uh, quick question, quick question as the podcast records. Are we going to do, do you have time and interest in doing a little like Q&A afterwards? So if people are chilling that they can pop up and have a little chat with us. Do you have that bandwidth in your life? I do have that bandwidth. Great. I got, I got two hours. So. Cool. Okay. Now it's your show and I'll let you do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, this is cool. I mean, so just so pe- people tuning in, we're we're doing a podcast and we're we're putting on Clubhouse. This is a, a first timer for me, so thank you, Eamon, for introducing me into this high tech future world. It's so cool. Oh man, and you, we only met on Clubhouse. Actually, I was aware of your work, um, but I we'd only we'd only met on Clubhouse, so it seemed only appropriate that we would add an auxiliary Clubhouse to our psychedelic chat. And plus. Clubhouse is basically like NFTs and psychedelics anyway, so <laughs> yes, yeah. I actually haven't been on Clubhouse for for a little bit because I've been so busy, and uh, I was wondering. I was like, man, the other day I was driving and I had my I had the note. That's why I turned my notifications off because I was driving my car and I was on Google Maps and I accidentally clicked into a Clubhouse room and they were talking about NFTs and I was so fascinated by it that I just kept driving. I wound up in Kansas and. Uh, and you know, I had to figure out a way home after that. But from, it was a fascinating from, discussion. <laughs> you drove from you drove from Colorado to Kansas because you wanted to learn about NFTs. Well, That's I mean, it was just the, the conversation was so captivating. You know, I just kept going. So I got to quiet those notifications. But anyway, this is uh, this is more geared towards you, not me, right? You're bringing you're bringing the heat today, Eamon. I'll bring the heat, and I'll try really hard not to like podcast you i've been on podcasts where i just start fucking up and me i I know i start fucking up in podcasting my host which is so 
so rude and offensive. Um, so I will try not to do that today. Yeah. Podcaster duel at high noon. You think you can out podcast me? Oh no, I don't want to out podcast you. I, I just, I want, I like want to help, you know, it's kind of like in the psychedelic world. I just want to help, but really I just want to make a lot of money. I'm just here to help. I actually saw a movie recently called I care a lot. It was really creepy and I recommend it. So check it out. All right. How you doing? I'm sweaty. I'm in Mexico and I'm, I'm, I'm very sweaty in this moment. Um, but overall I feel, well, I feel kind of, I'm, I always feel like a combination of very happy about the enormous fortune in my personal life. And then also just low level existential dread and kind of depression, just because that's sort of like how I'm, that's like what my system does. So I'm sort of that today, but I feel pretty good overall. Yeah, that's uh, great to hear because I feel the same way. So uh, maybe there's something to that being in the the spaces that we both operate in. I'm really curious because uh, I think that we, we initially met on Clubhouse and I, I, I had kind of been like joking around in a room that was, you know, pretty, pretty serious topic, like spiritual narcissism. I mean, we're really, we're really getting into it there. And it's like obviously something to uh, that needs attention that should be talked about. Um, and you were leading such a great discussion. But there's also there's this tendency to want to like lighten up a little bit, too. But sometimes it's, it's difficult to do that with the heaviness. So I, I, I sense that uh, I, I relate to you in that in that respect. What um, and I know that you you kind of wanted to bring that more in. Are you feeling that there's too much heaviness in, in, in how you're operating or what, what's going on? And you want to kind of, you know, are you are you finding ways to kind of inject some more playfulness in, into your life? Yes. Yes to all those things. I'm going to answer this with a short story and I'll keep it short. I first went to Burning Man. I was born. I first went to Burning Man in 2010. And when I went to Burning Man, it was all shenanigans. And it was like taking lots of different drugs and pretty recklessly, but like, you know, and then going and like playing on art and like making ridiculous voices and, and, pulling pranks on other camps and it was so it was so silly and so fun and so alive and we played music there and um but it was all a joke everything was a joke and then something happened around 2015 i think it's when i first started drinking ayahuasca but i think something also happened on the playa too where shit just started getting serious like it just started feeling very it was so it suddenly got so personal growthy like it, and there's, it was like a, a lot about like coaching and conscious entrepreneurship. And, um, and for the past couple of years at Burning Man, I've been like giving talks and like going to events that are where I need to like meet important people that have certain, and there's all this like very important, serious wisdom that, um, that I've experienced in the space. And, um, I found that in psychedelics too, like when psychedelics even, recently were more underground. It was more silly, more coyote energy, more ridiculous, more like, oh my God, I wonder what's going to happen. And now it's all like healing and personal optimization and brand building. And, um, and I'm doing it too, man. I'm doing it too. I got my life as a festival. I got my clubhouse. I got my thing. Like, I, I, you know, it's like when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro, there's that great line. And I feel like it's like the going has gotten like decidedly less weird. And so the weird are going like the boring kind of professional. Um, <laughs> 
And so I'm wanting more levity because I actually think levity is healing. I think play is healing properly, but I think a hyper focus on healing and on the healing journey um, can get very boring very fast and leave you myopically poking at your own wounds and kind of making them worse while losing all the fun that got you tripping on mushrooms in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that we're all desperately missing this festival life. It, it, you know, that what you were just describing was my was what I loved so much about life, right? And the name of your podcast, Life is a Festival. I remember the first festival I went to, I said, man, this is like, we can really bring this out into the world more. We can really make life more playful, more silly, more weird. But you're right. There was like more of this seriousing up and tightening up and kind of business, you know, suit and tie psychedelics and I um, got my tuxedo on and I'm ready to trip on some mushrooms today. And, you know, like formal and, and, but I understand the, that, that, you know, the need to sort of be in that, in that way. Uh, what do we do now where we find ourselves in this situation that we've been in for the past 12 months, the past year? I, you know, I, de- I feel this like desperate need to be with people, to be in that energy, to be in that silliness, to be in that weirdness and to be with that music and that energy. Are you, are you missing? How much are you missing that? And how has it affected you? Ooh, Yeah. How much am I missing the play? Well, I definitely vibe with contrasts. I like the yin and the yang of things. So like I was down for some yin. um, And I just decided to like front load a lot of personal. (laughs) It's funny considering the conversation. I decided to like front load a ton of personal growth now so that as soon as we're all vaccinated, I just don't have to do that shit at all. So, um, so I've been doing a lot of like working and like healing matters. I've been in that space. Cause you know, I think that's part of the philosophy of life as a festival is that it's not just that life's celebration and that life's play. It's that life's contrast and you experience it as a sort of majestic pageantry of spectacle, like you would at a festival, like you participate in these different energies that sometimes it's the energy of huddling with a group of strangers in an art piece during a dust storm. Sometimes it's, it's exultant revelry. Sometimes it's cleaning up camp. Sometimes it's dealing with like a meltdown, but it's all a very heightened experience. That's also temporary. So you can engage with it fully and be present with it and really live it and then know that in a couple of days, the whole thing just, just gets taken down. And that's, that's the idea behind life as a festival for me. And so your question of like, you know, this period of COVID, this sort of like inward turning period, I've used it as a time for one thing, I've seeded a a new project. Um, and that's a big deal for me, like expanding the podcast into, um, a TV show, which is something that I'm working on now. So that's, so getting that work done. I also went through a breakup and did a lot of the like licking my wounds and wondering what it was all about. Um, so I've kind of been going into the yin space, but yeah, I'm definitely ready for celebration and ready to meet new people in exciting, unexpected environments and not, you know, not have the sort of like, I like, I I miss, I'm ready to hug people more. I'm ready to, you know, but I've also, I haven't been in the U S for a while. So I've, it's been, I've I've had a slightly different ride as far as all that's concerned. Um, so in answer to your question, yes, I am ready (laughs) to to party, (laughs) to, to party again. 
Cool, cool. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I noticed that you you titled the room uh, "Make Psychedelics Weird Again," and uh, I know you had Eric Davis on your show, and uh, I, I'd, I'd love to chat with him. I, I read "High Weirdness" last year, and I thought it was just amazing. Uh, he's amazing. That book was amazing. Uh, two of my favorite people. I didn't know too much about Philip K. Dick. Uh, just kind of generally, but I loved uh, the stories that he got into. So I know Eric's, you know, definition of weird and making psychedelics weird again. I'm, I'm curious to see what you think about that. What's, what do you, what comes up for you? What's, uh, what's most alive and most present in you when you, when you say, let's make psychedelics weird again? Yeah, well, it's it's a bit of a misnomer because you, we are not making psychedelics anything. Psych, let's actually a better name for the room would be like let's let psychedelics make us weird again, oh, uh, but not perfect. weird enough to, <laughs> but not weird enough to storm the Capitol. There's there's a sweet spot. <laughs> there's like a middle place. But there's a kind of self seriousness that I feel like psychedelics can help liberate us from, and that's I think what's so lamentable about our current cultural moment in the psychedelic psychedelic renaissance is we're just all taking it so seriously you know from like patent wars to like which wing of the psychedelic renaissance is angry at which other wing to like this constant focus on on these are going to heal all of these maladies which i actually think that they will help do that but i think they'll help do that in part with this kind of coyote energy this kind of like upending and confusing um and for me that's what psych keep like psychedelics as weird um is coyote and what I mean by coyote energy, so I, um, I, I grew up agnostic, and I went to a Unitarian church a couple of times that my parents gave me. They were like, do you want to go try this? And I went until some kids said that I worshiped the devil because I didn't know whether God existed, and then I stopped going. But there was a pastor, and he didn't say anything about Jesus at all. He just would only tell these coyote stories. And I loved the coyote stories because basically coyote shows up when everything is going to your plan, and shows you that your plan is uh, in, germinated from a limited perspective of what could possibly be. We don't want our plans to go just as we want them to go because then nothing would be new or interesting. It would just be a projection of our limited egos. What we want is we want to experiment with chance. We want to play and collaborate with the unexpected. And in order to do that, we have to slip on banana peels. But you can't tickle yourself. So you need something to come in <laughs> and, and, and make, it, make it weird for you. And I think psychedelics are a really magical, special uh, modality for doing that. Um, and I find that a lot of the actual healing, um, because a lot of the healing around psychedelics is your brain gets locked in certain loops. You know, depression is to the best of my understanding, depression is a preoccupation loop. Um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV yet. No, no, I'll never play one on TV, but it's a loop and you got to get out and the, the psychedelics help you get out of the loop. And I think part of how they do that is with this coyote energy, with this kind of like upending, upending your notions of what life should be and refreshing you and putting you in a space where the actual improbable becomes potential and then suddenly you become different because you're not the same loop that's trying to project the same lived experience over and over again. So yeah. to me, that's what the weird is, the value of the weird. I love it. I love it. Yeah, the trickster, the coyote, the the magician energy like that, the sort of, uh, you know, flipping things, turning things on your head, the, the Zen master that keeps pouring the tea 
overflowing the cup, this kind of like, um, you know, almost like a fuckery kind of leaving you questioning and being like, I don't, which, what realm am I in? And it's all good and fun. And I know you referenced that, like the capital thing, but it's like, there is like a point where it's like, okay, that's a little, now it's gone overboard. And I think, you know, we have a tendency in this culture to kind of like, okay, we got to like, we got to tighten up. We have to distance ourselves from anything like that, which is kind of a shame because it doesn't leave room for like nuance, you know, or, or gray areas where, uh, yes, there are, you know, things that happen that are weird. There are things that happen that are conspiratorial. There are things that happen that are mystical, magical, unexplainable. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I feel like it's just more the, the kind of, I don't know, corporate mainstream psychedelic front facing establishment, uh, uh, mantra or view is like, you know, get away from anything like that. Get away from anything weird. Timothy Leary, you know, he's nuts. You know, he was bad. So let's just try and kind of, you know, be more presentable to straight folk or whatever. I, I don't know. What, what do you call it? Like psychedelic naive people. I don't know what the, the term is, but muggles. The term is muggle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Muggles. Yeah. So it's like, let's not, you know, scare them. Let's just, you know, or, or let's not like be a, a quote unquote threat. So anyway, uh, I really like what you said. I'm wondering, where do you, do you see yourself as a part of that? Do you also, uh, as a part of the coyote, as the weird, that stuff? And do you, and who else do you see in that space? Where do you notice that shining through uh, in the world? Yeah. Do I see myself as a coyote? I would like to be more of one. I think I am sometimes, but I think that I withstand the coyote energy too much in my, like, I'm like pre-initiation into coyote. That's what I feel like I'm at. I feel like I, I'm, I'm, I'm like ready to graduate out of my self-seriousness. Um, and I've got a podcast called Life is a Festival. What am I taking so fucking seriously? But I do, you know, it's like, especially love. Love is so serious because there's attachment wounds and, and heartbreak and all that kind of stuff. But love isn't serious. Love is play. The whole thing's play. Um, so I would say that I would like to graduate into more of a coyote space. I think a lot of the good coyotes are, are frankly, are like older, um, are, uh, a lot of like the older burners, I feel like are, have more of that coyote energy and more of the kind of like fucking attitude. I think Eric's got some of the coyote energy, Eric Davis, um, within the psychedelic space right now, man, I don't know. You know, like, like JP Sears, for example, is kind of like the satiring, the, the wellness space, but he's kind of gone off on a weird angle where there's like a lot more sort of like weird anger and more seriousness in his thing. Like his satire has become a little more desperate, desperate and a little more fervent. Um, I think Jamie wheel is an incredible critic of aspects of psychedelic culture and he periodically drops some great gems, but he's also predictably himself. Like he's predict predictably the eloquent, order like uh you know paul revere sounding the alarm who is the psychedelic coyote i mean the psychedelics themselves for sure but who is the psychedelic coyote i that this is a good thing for us to consider i think we need to go on a hunt for the psychedelic coyote i think let i think we really i don't know and i must know like who the real who is the real psychedelic coyote because i don't see there should be there should be dozens of them, right? There should be a whole, a whole battalion of these tricksters. 
I can't think. Can you think of any? Are there any that you think of as the psychedelic coyote? Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I I could I see someone right right here in the in the clubhouse room. Void Denizen, the ungoogleable Michelangelo. Your phone, you're you're mic'd on the clubhouse bit, so I can't hear you. Don't mic yourself at all. Only on. Oh, okay, I didn't want to uh, do that thing where I'm unmiked and I just hear all the noise. Yeah, my, my buddy Void right here, uh, the ungoogleable Michelangelo. Um, I could think of maybe maybe uh, also Ramin Nazer, uh, amazing artist, and um, I'm sure there's there's some other people too. But it, you know, I guess it's kind of this thing where it's it's not so it's not as apparent, and maybe also it's not just like one individual. Maybe it's like sort of a theme. Uh, or uh, maybe it's a sort of an energy or a group of people or, a, you know, uh, a space or a scene, you know. Um, but it is hard. It's hard when when a lot of things in the world are so heavy to to show up with with that, you know. And, and I try to, you know, I try to be as humorous as I can and not like in an effort in a way where I'm, you know, like, oh, I really got to be funny now. But just in a way where it's like, remember, remember that this is play. Remember that this is a game and this is this can be fun and we can create uh, a lot of really cool things in this world, not to get dragged down by terrible, horrible, heavy stuff. But like you said, it is that yin yang. So you, you do have to enter into those spaces because, you know, if if you just showed up as this wily coyote bouncing around after some terrible tragedy or something like that happened, it might not be received that well, right? It might not be as appropriate to to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm, and I try I try and have fun with like what you were saying with the wellness with the life coaches. You know, if you look at my bio on Clubhouse, I'm trying to like have fun with all that and kind of make fun of that. And uh, but but also knowing that there is validity to it, there is some serious, there is like there are people out there that are really doing good things. So how do we discern, in your opinion, like? How do we discern what is true and real and authentic uh, and and playful and fun and engaging and, and something that's just like reeks of being fraud, abuse, charlatans, hacks, uh, profiteers, parasites, because they're in this space too. You know, real quick before you answer that, I just want to like, when I got into the whatever community, I don't even know, you know. Uh, that I just thought like, oh, everybody's just going to get along and we're all going to be singing and happy and create a utopia. And, uh, you know, people are people wherever you go, right? And, well, and psychedelics are nonspecific amplifiers in many cases. And so if you're, you know, a little kumbaya and potentially a little naive in your kumbaya you're going to see a lot of kumbaya around you. Um <sighs> Your question is, how do we discern the, the, the positive aspects of the psychedelic community with a kind of like idea of levity and humor versus the kind of charlatans and abusers and the people who are trying to, trying to, make, a, trying to make a buck at others' expense? Um, I would, is that, that's your question? Yeah, 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 I think that's about accurate. Yeah, but I mean, you know, with also in consideration of the fact that we all have to pay to eat and pay rent and things like that. So there is this sort of weird balance, you know, and so it's like, how do you, you know, as Terrence McKenna would say, how do you discern shit from Shinola, you know? I don't even know how to discern Shinola from anything because <laughs> um, 
How do you discern? Um, you know, it's interesting because I think that, for one thing, people are not constantly one thing. Um, there are people who do good things and also bad things. There are people who do good things and then mistakenly do bad things. There are people who are trying to do really good things but feel that the ends justify the means. And so um, they want to patent everything because they think that they are the ones who are going to bring the health and healing to everyone. So it's kind of a kind of a meaty question to ask how one discerns between uh, you know where what is safe and good and what's not. I think you go very carefully. Um, I think you you know it helps to be connected to a community of an actual IRL community of people that you know and care about. Like so, for me, for example, my big connection with the psychedelic community specifically was I used to run a website called Fest 300 for someone named Chip Conley. I took over after Art Gimbel tragically passed away um, on, a way, on his way to a festival, no less. Um, and in 2015, I, as, as a journalist, went to Costa Rica to write about the Zendo Project. And I was embedded with the Zendo Project at Envision Festival. I camped with them, I trained with them, and then I wrote 7,000 words about psychedelic peer support which I called psychedelic first aid at that time. Um, and so a lot of my connections with people at MAPS and people who've gone on um, to do things like North Star um, and the Sage Institute and some of these kind of luminaries in the space of psychedelic renaissance that are really holding these sort of in aspects of integrity, I met in real life doing a thing like six years ago. Um, and so that was extraordinarily helpful for me. Um, how does one do that now? I mean, I think it's kind of like, it's kind of like, how do you discern bullshit anywhere? Is like, what are they trying to get from you? What are they promising to give you? What is, and, and something that um, I had Eric Davis back on my show to talk about conspirituality recently. Um, and he talked yeah. a lot about, uh, he talked a lot about good mental hygiene um, and that you really need to have your inner skeptic. You need to have um, the part of you that is sniffing out bullshit and especially sniffing out your own wishful thinking. Because I think one of the things that happens with this psychedelic healing journey is that we become preoccupied with this idea that we are broken in some way because newsflash, we all are, we're, we're, we're anxious monkeys. Like we're not, whatever, whatever thing we, we aspire to be, we are not and we'll never actually be that. We all have weird, icky, sexual shame and, 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 and tragic looping thought patterns. And, and, and we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. There's, there's, there's this sort of general imperfection to us. Um, and so we go to heal that and fix that. And there's the mommy daddy wound and then we're going in and doing it. And then there's a part of us, I think that, um, just wants to believe in anything that's going to help us. Like I remember I got an entity clearing once I was uh, on a, on a, on a Wednesday morning, um, in, in a little room above the Wells Fargo in Berkeley, some woman in white was chanting some sort of gobbledygook to try to like get something to leave my body that turned out to be just like run of the mill anxiety, <laughs> you know, like I think that you are, uh, I think you're likely to protect yourself best if you're willing to accept how totally hoodwinked you are likely to be because you want to believe. And that skeptical piece is so important. I'm currently in Tulum listening to um, people who just, 
who just believe crazy ass shit and they're just so convinced and the, and the crazy ass shit that they believe in they're always at the center of it they're in the middle of some cosmic drama whether it's it's conspiracy that they're going to be part of saving people or or it's the oneness of all things where they're 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 somehow god in a way that's sort of more god than everybody else is god and they're ascending to 5D or whatever garbage i think that the way you protect yourself from the bullshit and drama in the psychedelic space is by being very, very attuned to the bullshit and drama in yourself and your desperation to be healed and to be this and to be special and to be a winner and succeed and notice, and those energies are beautiful. You got to love those parts of yourself for sure. Like you're not trying to get rid of that either. That's a fantasy to get rid of that. Love that part and recognize that that part of you is going to find the charlatan, is going to find the abuser, is going to, you know, that part of you that's so desperate to be healed is is going to is going to magnetize exactly who you need to show you that you got to like <laughs> you got to tighten up your defenses and whether that's, you know, the case of losing a bunch of money because you're doing a bunch of kind of wellness retreats that don't actually get you anywhere or something that goes as far to actual abuse, which is super fucked up. And we all need to call it out in the community. Like, um, whatever that gradient is, it starts with your own skepticism and your own ability to look at yourself and say, I want to believe. So I should be careful. Hmm. Yeah. You sound like you really know what you're talking about here, Eamon. I think maybe you have a personal story, if I can dig into that territory. Uh, Do you think, you think I have a single personal story about being hoodwinked <laughs> in the wellness community? You only have one story, and I think it's pretty personal to you yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems it, what I'm getting is that it seems like you've been down that, and, and you know, it does come with experience, and it you know people are in this place where they're desperate, they're seeking, they're vulnerable. I was there, I was searching, seeking, you know, trying, experimenting. Um, and, uh, yeah. What, what was it for you that set you off on the quest to find out more of who you are or what makes you tick or where you could heal? Wait, so I, I'm, I'm not quite sure on your question. Are you talking about times I have been hoodwinked or what got me started on a journey where there's a lot of hoodwinking along the way? Okay. So I'm, I, I guess I'm interested in both knowing like what got you started on that journey and then what kind of things have you seen? You brought one up with the woman in white above the Wells Fargo ripping an entity out of your butt or something. And, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so maybe share a little bit about what, what set you down that course uh, to, to try and find a way to, yeah. What, what brought, what brought you into it? What were you looking for? What were you thinking about? What was going on for you and, and what, what kind of things did you encounter helpful, harmful, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I am of the belief these days that we are fundamentally that, that a, that a human being is most fundamentally loving awareness on a ride as 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 a as a kind of personality um, that is entirely uh, determined by the conditions of their birth and being. 
and not in an astrology sense. I don't believe in astrology, but that like you're born into cultural conditions and then you ride the ride of those cultural conditions and the cultural conditions that I was born into 1982 in the U S um, there's a lot of like weird sex shit that is part of our cultural milieu. Yeah. Like um, scat that's, porn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I straight into scat porn, but I mean a lot of like, a lot of like shame and a lot of like confusion and a lot of, um, you know, sexuality has been a big piece for me. Um, also just like being raised by, um, by parents who were just kind of, figuring it out and made some significant mistakes as we all have had, um, having a combination of a certain kind of privilege, um, on one hand and a lot, but also like some, you know, genetic or epigenetic kind of mental health issues, like just stuff. So I kind of came into the world and there's just some stuff. And, um, I spent a while trying to like gloss over the stuff and try to I, I know a lot of folks who have ultimately found themselves on a spiritual path first tried to just pretend there wasn't a problem at all and that the kind of brokenness or the incompleteness that they felt was just sort of fine. Um, and then and it kind of was like, well, I'll just you know perform what I need to perform to be loved. So I did that for a while and it didn't work for me. Um, and then I kind of like woke up to that there might be a way of just being a more authentic version of myself in the world that would make me happy um, and would make me feel more present and alive. Um, and so that was like, stopped drinking alcohol, started doing yoga, you know, like little things at first. Started playing music in a band instead of just feeling sorry for myself and playing video games all day. Started going to Burning Man. Like, and in the beginning of that journey, it was to bring back to the beginning of the conversation at the beginning of the journal it, journey. It was more playful and more surprising and more unexpected. It was like, Oh my God, I'm actually a pretty weird dude. And that's actually pretty fun. And that's actually pretty funny. And I'd moved up to San Francisco and I was like, Oh, people like this here. Like I'm, you know, and I started wearing like more women's stuff. And I was like, Ooh, like I'm like not gay, but like who, like there's like a question mark in my sexuality. And like people like that, it looks like, Ooh, this is kind of like wearing the spark tights and stuff like ooh, like that's kind of like a nice little time and so that like first stepping into it before I got super serious about it was a really beautiful blossoming moment and I um I, I used to throw mushroom tea parties on hate street for like four years and we'd oh, like cool oh uh, yeah it was it was so cool it was so fun and I was experiencing healing but I wasn't myopic about it I wasn't like on the healing journey and then I'm gonna write a book about it. And then I'm gonna go on a book tour and 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 conflate this kind of like personal blossoming into some sort of like spiritual task to to be a guy who saves the world or whatever. You know, I think the ego comes in and co-ops every step of the way. And but that that first step in was a lot more play. And that's you know was talking about going to Burning Man and hijinks and pranks and and silliness. And then somewhere along the way, I started getting really serious about it. And things started getting more, <sighs> everything was so important and serious and like, oh, and there's a psychedelic renaissance and like I'm drinking ayahuasca and like everyone needs to drink ayahuasca. And like my family needs to drink ayahuasca. If only you would drink ayahuasca. Have you heard about ayahuasca? You should drink ayahuasca. Like being in right. that space for a while. And then, um, 
you know, as I mentioned, sexuality and gender had been a big thing for me. So then I was like, oh, I'm going to give talks about being being a man because I've I've you know learned that there I've exiled this feminine part of me and now I've brought this feminine aspect back. And every man, every male needs that. So I'm going to start giving talks. So there was this there's this point where it kind of flipped into like that kind of like wannabe guru energy, um, which I think is totally predictable. And really, you know, if you're in the wannabe guru phase which I am still a little bit in. Don't be hard on yourself. It's all part of it. Um, (laughs) And, okay, so your question was about how I got into this and also the pitfalls along the way. And so I'm kind of melding the two at the moment. I think the pitfalls are your own pitfalls. I think that's the point that I'm making is it's like, yeah, there will always be all manner of hucksters and and carnival barkers who are going to like lure you down the dark alleyway and shake you down for your money. You will, you, you will have a mark on your back as you walk through the psychedelic world for sure. But you are your own worst mark or you are a mark to yourself the most, right? That's, that's really, if you pull a sound clip from this fucking podcast, that's the one, that's the one you are, (laughs) you are hoodwinking yourself most of all. You absolutely are. And that's okay. That's not actually bad. It's just part of learning about yourself. You know, like I, I, and and I think that's where I'm at now is like, it's very interesting to learn about the anxious monkey that I have, that my consciousness is riding on. Like, it's very interesting what he does. It's very interesting how preoccupied he happens to be with certain very silly things. It's, that's very interesting. And so I'm much more in a, I'm much more in a, oh, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Isn't that, isn't that strange? That's a, you're, you're very, you're, you seem to be very, very grumpy about this. Isn't that interesting? So I'm kind of getting more to that place. But I think like, as I look at my, my steps along the journey and the places that I have um, invested too much money and too much time and missed other opportunities. Um, I've tricked myself more than anyone has ever tricked me. And I think in the psychedelic renaissance, I think we should all practice our own mental hygiene so that we can not, so it won't happen because it will, but just so that we can recognize it when it happens and not take it so seriously and be like, ha ha, there was never an entity in my butt. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> oh it was but it just it was just poop just regular old poop <laughs> just the entity that's there all the time yeah yeah wow oh wow man yeah it, it and it, it you're so right about that because and i love i love how you you're there's this separation right i think the separation is really helpful it's like this separation of seeing these parts of yourself or these aspects of yourself if you want to call it the ego the more egoic part or whatever it is the guru part but having that separation and playing with that energy and kind of making fun of it a little bit and being like oh i see where you're going with this you know um and and it reminds me of that uh sort of a little bit like um you know getting back on like the weird uh, and, and Eric Davis and how he, he wrote about Robert Anton Wilson and, and Wilson's one of my favorites. And, and, you know, he, he would always say, as it seems to me, you know, not this is this way, or this is this way, but it seems like this to me. So there's this ambiguity, there's this looseness, there's this nuanced gray area space that we can move around in. And, and that seems to be really, really helpful, uh, along the way. And it's also helpful for, other people, you know, to remind yourself, but then have others around you that could be like, Hey, do you think you're maybe going off the rails a little bit here with this or how you, how you doing checking in? Right. 
having good people around to check in and to kind of maybe tell you like it is if if you've you're maybe doing something that's not uh not going to be so great or maybe it's getting a little too loony or something like that yeah one of my most important mentors who i've sat in ayahuasca ceremonies with and who administers medicine um during the whole first like two months of quarantine he kept sending me the same picture of a black dude with a big dick did you see this picture oh oh, yeah that was yeah this like um this thing that was going around yeah as like the prank where it was like the clickbait prank thing i I forget what it's called but you you press it's like someone says oh can you believe what's happening in new jersey with the coronavirus or something and then you click on it and it's this guy yeah yeah. yeah. So, so this is like a, this is like a plant medicine dude. And it's, he didn't send it to me once like, haha, isn't this, he sent it to me for two months. And, um, and there was a time there where I was like, are you as like sacred and shamanic as I thought you were? And then I was like, oh shit, you're actually playing at an even higher level with this dick pic situation. Cause this is, this is a lot, but you know, having, <laughs> having good people <laughs> around you to, to remind you like, to throw weird shit in your way and be like, hey, stop taking yourself so seriously. Stop, yeah. stop, just, just stop focusing on yourself so much. Like just, mm. just, yeah. here's something else. Here's something else to look at. And I think for me, what I've found in my, in my quote, spiritual path, the two things that are actually the most potent and always fucking work in one way or another is humor and service. They always work. It always fucking works laugh at it like find find what's funny in the you're you're writhing around on the ground doing the doing the trauma shakes from some 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 something in your childhood and the medicine's strong and you're just shaking around and then at some point you got to look at yourself and be like what are you doing like look at you you're just wiggling around on the ground like if you weren't on a bunch of drugs right now you'd be pretty silly turns out you're pretty silly anyway you know and i not to not not to um, minimize anyone's experience of trauma. I, I wouldn't make fun of someone else wriggling around on the ground going through trauma shakes. But to be able to make fun of yourself, like that's so powerful because it, it, just, it just cuts into it in a certain way and allows you to have some perspective. And then the other piece of that is service too. It's like, okay, you're really miserable. You're just so in it. You know, you're, you, you go through this breakup you're just like, how am I going to live without this person? It's so hard. But if you can put yourself in a situation where someone really needs you, where there are people who are far less fortunate than yourself, I know it's like so cliche, but it actually does change things. And so for me as a spiritual path now is it's less about how much medicine can I do? And like, and I definitely was that guy for a little bit. Like, oh, I'm just going deeper in like the, the realms. I'm going deeper in my trauma and all that kind of stuff. And now it's more like, is this going to help somebody? Is this going to be funny? Is this going to be interesting? Um, and I try to like lean more in that direction. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, so I spent a good deal of time at, at an ayahuasca center in Peru. And I, and I remember just to what your, your point of like, you know, really going through the shit and you're in ceremony and people are puking and they're going to the bathroom and they're screaming and they're, you know, there's, there's lots of things happening because there's a lot of wounds that are coming up and processing. And there's this, you know, this, this healing that we're, we're looking for. And I remember, you know, maybe after ceremony getting tea or the next day, this kind of lightness, this energy of like, 
oh, you were in that shit too? I was in that shit too. And there's this like glimmer in their eye. There's this sparkle. There's this kind of, you know, the cleanse after the purge and the realization that like, look at us silly monkeys on the, we got to drink some plant juice so that we can function better in this world. And we're squiggling on the ground and puking and screaming and crying. And, and now we're looking at each other and we're telling these stories and we're laughing. And it's like, oh my God, like this is so crazy. This is so ridiculous. This is so weird. Right. And, and you said something really interesting too, about the guy with the dick pic sending and the stuff. And it's like, oh, he's kind of above that. And I think that's, that's really important because I think oftentimes there's this sense that like, well, if you're not rigid and serious and logical and that, that, that you're not serious, you're not really someone to be looked at as, um, uh, a, a benefit, that you're 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 not you're not you're not to be taken seriously because you're you're playing too much or you're using humor too much and this is a this is a serious healing space right and oftentimes i i've noticed that with this thing that i call like healing ourselves to death it's like we're stuck on this path of like no i got to heal and this is i don't have time for jokes and if someone's joking then i then they're not they're not they're not the one that i need to be following because they're not treating me like I need to be treated in this serious healing path. So I don't know, there's a lot that I'm, that I'm saying here because it's just coming to my mind all at once. And you said so many good things. Um, but yeah, I just, I wonder if you, you could just kind of like riff and jam on, on some of that, that notion of like being addicted to the healing, allowing the humor to come in, you know, that, that sort of playful energy, seeing these people that are, that are, that we look to. And I think we all have, we all want this person to someone in our lives to show us a way to, to, to help us along the way. Um, and then, you know, not being, being able to sort of understand a little bit more about how they operate and maybe, you know, there's, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish it up real quick. Cause I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but there was this, uh, uh, I think it was black elk speaks, um, book, uh, uh, and I remember Stanley Krippner talking about this and he was talking about how, uh, this, the shaman is, is kind of equally a healer, uh, equal parts healer and equal parts like theatrical performer and jokester, you know, and, the, and the, if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, it's, it's not really going to like work for you, so to speak. Um, so there's a bunch of scattered ramble thoughts. Uh, do something with that, Eamon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll chew on some of your word salad for a moment, um, yeah, and, thanks. And, and give you my own purge. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, I think that I'm definitely confessed to being addicted to the idea of healing conceptually. One thing is like, it feels good to do these grand dramas. They feel good. It feels good. The tension and release feels really good. And I definitely come from a pretty privileged situation. And so, you know, my personal healing and my plant medicine work represents a kind of tension and release that um, not having to fight for my survival in the way that many people do, I don't have that. So it's sort of like, I think something that happens in the psychedelic space is it's, it's, it's a little bit like an ontological addiction. Jamie Wheel talks a lot about that for a kind of like bourgeois ennui. 
You know, like we're, 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 life is just burping up like anything that you want, you know, like I can eat anything and I go to a restaurant and it, it takes me like five minutes to just to make sure that I've chosen the very best thing, you know, like, do I want that it's got the tuna, but just, oh, it's got like a, some edamames. I like that. But then there's got a steak, but there's some onions. I don't like that. I want, what do I want? What do I not? You know, we live in these like extraordinary lives that we just have whatever we want. And I think we need some tension and some release. And um, so I think an addiction to personal healing can actually kind of hold, can be in the place of a dharma. Now, I don't mean that we don't need healing and, and we don't need to, par- in parallel, um, grow and change so that we can also give our gifts to the world. I'm not saying that at all, but the addiction to healing can also stand in the place of our actual kind of dharma, our actual, like what we're actually here doing. Um, and so I definitely have had that for sure. You know, I've definitely been, um, and you know, and, and they're great stories and, um, you know, I, I really like, uh, 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 Yuval Harari's, perspective around us as human beings, as being evolutionary, evolutionarily predisposed to create stories. Um, and that that gave us an evolutionary advantage and that we're kind of these meaning making monkeys with this sort of like propensity to narrativization and what could be more entertaining or potent in the context of our desire to, uh, live stories than to, triumph over some sort of like inborn malady. Um, so when I was a little boy, my mother used to read me all of these adventure stories, most especially the Odyssey. And I was, I grew up wanting to be many minded Odysseus. I wanted to grow up to be the hero of Troy who had this long journey home. And then here I am as an adult and, um, going around the world to like Dewey Boga with the Bwiti in Gabon. Because that, you know, it's part of my healing journey. And the healing journey is what gives me a quest. And the quest just gives me this adventure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, aside from the way that privilege dispossesses other people, which sucks. But aside from that, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But it is on a, can be on a certain level masturbatory, you know. Um, I, I just had, uh, Jamie, I bring up Jamie Wheel a lot Um he was just did this uh, Rebel Wisdom podcast that I really like, so I think he's probably a little bit top of mind. But I had him on my show recently, and he brought up this point that I really liked about healing, about the 80-20 rule, which is like, you know, 20% effort gives you 80% results. And then, um, and that a lot of people in psychedelic healing are, have gotten, you know, he, he suggests like, do the 20% to get the 80% results, and then kind of move on and make space for other people um, rather than the diminishing returns of trying to like just elevate that much more and just fix that much more. Cause ultimately like you're never going to, you'll, you'll never arrive. You'll never be like healed. That's not that, that, that would be a weird game if you could be healed and then you would just walk around healed the game. Yeah. Wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense as a game. So I think that I agree with him around doing, you know, do the 20% effort to get the 80% results and then switch gears to a, to another game, to a game of service and bringing the rest of humanity along with you. I think that's the model. That being said, I don't do that. I still fucking, I still, I still like, 
Oh, I guess I could do a little more 5-MeO-DMT. I could probably have a little more speed dating with God. Because yeah, you know, dating it's, with God. <laughs> speed dating with God. I, you know, yeah. It, so I guess your question was more like, well, your actual question was, Amen, makes sense. What do you want to do with everything I just said? So yeah, I don't yeah, feel yeah. behold. What, what, so what I try to do, by the way, what I try, as a podcaster, what I try to do when I'm on other people's podcasts is I try to actually really answer their questions because on my podcast, I'll be like, I'll, I'll ask a question and someone will have like a little dance that they do. And I'll be like, this is a very lovely dance and the question that I asked. So I try to ask, answer your question. Um, and I think I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, you did, and and it wasn't even really much of a a, a question, but but it was uh, just kind of like trying to poke at some ideas and see what you had to say about them. So thank you, uh, and and thanks for bringing up Jamie, because yeah, I appreciate Jamie Wheel, and it reminds me, I heard him uh, somewhere, I forget where, but I remember writing it down because I I liked what he said so much. He said that we have to be willing to sacrifice our sacred cows and enter into a phase of Gnostic warriorship where it's not just all about the next ceremony or the the cacao ceremony or the the drum circle or the th- like it, it doesn't it's it doesn't just all become about living in that experience but that it becomes about kind of plugging in to the world which you know sometimes what i see in the psychedelic space or in any space really is like oh like you're just going to go to a festival and take a bunch of drugs and party when you know how many people are starving and you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, we, we can't be everywhere and do everything and solve every, there has to be a time and a place and a space. Um, and so, you know, with that, there's, there's, that's why there's many of us, right? There's many different people doing many different things. And I think that allows for us to all contribute and collaborate, uh, in a way um, that, that gets to some greater good, right? I mean, would you think, would you say that, that where do you see us moving in like people that are playing with, with altered states of consciousness, with psychedelics, with festival type experiences and, you know, these kind of, uh, uh, mystical realms and whatnot, where, where do, where do you hope it goes or see maybe us moving towards and what are you concerned about if anything Mm. you know there was a time when i was definitely like save the world one party at a time you know do you remember that old portlandia sketch did you ever Uh see that where they do the dance routine to save the world yeah there was a time when i was like well man like we just need like more burning mans. Like just like if there's a burning man in every town, like that's going to change. Cause we're going to become, we're going to get all these burning man values and then life's going to be better. I just don't think that life, I don't think that you change the world. I don't think that you, I think it's egoic. I think that you tend your garden and the key is to figure out your little garden and tend it and serve in the way that feeds you. So like for me, I'm an entertainer, man. Like, I'm an entertainer. I was an actor. I was a musician. Um, I like entertaining. I got a podcast. I'm trying to make a TV show. I want to bring... I, and You know what's worked for me? And I'm sort of not answering your question, but I'll come around to it. What's worked for me is, like, not having to be the guy with the answer who knows the thing and being, like, 
being like a playful, fun guy who asks questions and is like, you know who you should talk to? Talk to Jamie because he's got some great ideas. You talk to talk to this person. Talk to you know like I let's go let's go find out that and doing it in kind of a playful way. And for me, that's for me that's tending my little garden, right? And um, I I you know I've I've lived in San Francisco for you know a dec a decade plus and um. You know, there's a lot of like, we're going to save the world and we're going to make this tech company and the world's going to be more connected and we're going to change the nature of transportation. And what I've seen, and I think we've all seen again and again, is that, yeah, there's a lot of good and then there's a lot of bad. And that, and this comes back to that coyote energy. Coyote comes in and says, oh, cool, Facebook, yeah, you're going to make the world connected and you can take all that money too. Yeah, well, now elections everywhere are completely fucked. You know, like now solve that problem. And I think that life just works that way. Um, so your question is, where do I see this going? Where do I want it to go? And what am I concerned about? So I think things are going to open up and people are going to really want to gather and celebrate. I think that our modern congregations that are festivals are really forces of good in many ways. Sometimes bad things happen there. There's a lot of excess and hedonism and waste, and that sucks. I think that'll get better. I'd like it to get better. I think it will get better. I think that there are certain festivals like Envision in Costa Rica is good. Wonderfruit in Thailand is a really good one because it's a little more ingrained in like the local Thai culture than I think in, in, in Vision has a little more of like that expat vibe. Still good. Um, but like, I think that there's, you know, an, it, an iteration towards more sustainability. I think that's really helpful. I think we're like for festival culture, like moving more towards boutique style community gatherings that are that are like a little smaller, less these kind of big, you know, Lollapalooza consume the experience stuff. I think that's changing. I'd like to see that changing. Um, I think more participation. Uh, I love festivals because I feel like people have an otherworldly environment to go play in and come alive. And yes, that can turn into a healing journey that may come to a place where it doesn't have its value anymore and it's not, you know, like you've overdone it. But as I was saying earlier in the conversation, for me, when I first went to Burning Man, it was extraordinarily healing oh, and I didn't even know that. I was watching uh, men with, with like flowing yeah, gowns like, uh, and like just floppy froze. brunch lady hats and uh, it but, made uh, me feel I'm, more I'm, alive and more we'll connected. And and I, I was like, I can be that. And, uh, um, Mike, did I lose you? Are you there? I'm here with you on oh, good. the audio, okay. but I don't see your face anymore. So Oh. Uh, yeah, it says it says on the uh on Zencaster that you're offline. Oh, okay. Well, I will get back online. But luckily, see, the clubhouse saved us. The clubhouse um, saved saved by Clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 perhaps perhaps um, we and our audience are saved from my um, my rant that I was just doing. Maybe <laughs> see here you go, here you go. Here's the coyote energy. That's what it is. Yeah. This is coyote energy. This is the weirdness. This is the tr like I was doing a thing and I was telling, and this is what the festivals are going to be like. And then it's like, yeah, but fucking Wi-Fi doesn't work, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's that's off, what I want yeah. the future to be. I want I want the I want you know I I really do believe in the beautiful potency of the lived experience. I think you get what you need, and I think a lot of drama that sucks 
ends up being something really interesting and powerful and potent later. You know, it's like there's a Zen story about the, I'm not going to tell the story. It's a long story. Anyway, the point of the story is at the end of it, he's like, well, perhaps that's a good thing. Perhaps it's not. And then something else happens. And then it's like, oh, it was good. Perhaps. And then it was like, oh, it was bad. Perhaps. Oh, and yeah. It just, I know that one. You yeah. know the one? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. being yeah, a little the lazy. Kid, the horse telling. and then the kid breaks his leg. And the horse next and the day kid, they're and conscripting the, people to the army. And yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. story. We just we just um, ruined the story for everybody. But go check it out. It's a yeah. parable. We, we, didn't, we, we didn't even tell the story. But the point being that... Um, <sighs> Do you edit your podcast? Because I feel like I am just not at my best in this exact moment. <laughs> you can clean this. Yeah, up if you I'll want. I'll edit it out and I'll put in clips of uh, Alan Watts over you, so it'll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, edit out the actual coyote moment and just just put in us talking about the coyote moment. Okay, your question was, where do I see this going? Where do I want it to go? And what am I concerned about? Where I see it going is we're all gonna we're all hungry to gather, and I really hope that we use this time off to gather in ways that are more sustainable, and we can bring with like okay, let's start again, a new version. And I know that Burning Man's doing that, and Burning Man has put a ton of work and effort into greening the event so that when they come back, there's going to be you know. So I think that's going to happen. I hope that happens. I want that to happen. Um, I think with anything, when there's like a tension and release, when it's sort of like it gets really, you know, condensed in and then it expands out, there'll be some sloppy stuff and there'll be some, you know, some of that will be fun and good. Some of that might be a little dangerous. Um, I, so for festivals and festival culture, I think we're fine. I mean, all that is, is just a way of describing people gathering and people will continue to gather as for the psychedelic Renaissance. Um, yeah, late stage capitalism just gobbles this shit up. So that's yep. just going to happen. That's just what's going to happen. Like many people are going to be first introduced to psychedelics through cheesy, you know, Walmart style providers who have cut all the corners to make the most profit. It's just going to happen. I don't have any I don't have any illusions that we are going to rescue or save the psychedelic renaissance. But but I think we're going to make a lot of friends along the way trying to make it not happen. And that's actually, I'm not just being facetious. That's kind of, so I did this TEDx talk at Burning Man in 2015, and it represents like kind of the core of my thinking about this sort of thing, which is essentially like Burning Man is a failed utopia, and it's garishly failed. It's obviously failed, and it continues to fail. But what we get is we get the community that strives towards the utopia, and that's what we really wanted anyway. Because a utopia would be like the end game over, like the perfect world. Like it's not going to happen. Utopia literally, utopos, means no place. Um, and it's, but the idea of striving together is a kind of experience of communitas that is what we really are hungry for. And the striving isn't Sisyphean. It's not like it just goes, it, not, it doesn't just loop. It's more asymptotic, like it goes towards a point that it never reaches. And so for the psychedelic renaissance, it'll get mangled and torn apart by capitalism, for sure. No doubt in my mind that will happen. But people will strive, people will stand up and proclaim, and people will create other models, and some of those models will stick in certain ways, and certain people will get helped along the way. And 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 the whole Leviathan will lurch forward as it does until, you know, capitalism crumbles under its own weight, probably because of ecological collapse. And then, you know, 
if we don't completely extinct ourselves, we'll sort of like fumble into some new model and some new system. But all the while, my hope is, is that on an individual level, we each find our little gardens to tend, our little, our ikigais, our passions, and that in community with each other, we help in little ways. And that overall, there's kind of like a, it's just getting a bit better over time. Never quite getting there. Always with some drama, always dark forces that come in to try to like take all the juiciest strawberries right right when you're just about to eat one. I'm not sure where that came from, but <laughs> still you tend your garden. Well, you know, I, I just think that, you know, you're being very negative and bring a lot of negativity <laughs> in this space and you know, good vibes I think only, that bro. we just need to think good positive, vibes only. good vibes and send v- good vibes and, you know, um, so, <laughs> no, I think you're spot on, man. And then, you know, I think that I think that it's uh, initially difficult to invite the um, more challenging or darker aspects in as a part of all of what we are and all of what this reality is. As you were saying in the beginning of the conversation, like it is a part of us too. You know, there's I used to be in this mentality that I was like fighting against something like I have, we got to stop this and we got to do this. And, you know, and it's like, you know, we're all, but where, where is that in me too? You know? And like, where, where am I bullshitting myself as well? Like where, where am I showing up in the, and so, yeah, I think that that's a, a, an, an aspect or something that I would like to see more of, but you know, the thing is, it's hard to sell a $12,000 course saying like, Hey, you know, it's kind of all is what it is. And it's, you know, nuanced and there's yin and yang and there's creation and destruction. It's, you know, it's, it's easier to, to be like, it's all going to be great. I'm going to show you the way, you know, it's all going to be, you know, there's, there's, do you have that in you too? Like, do, do you think that, 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 that is kind of this innate thing that we want? Like that, that being the hero, that story, like we want it to all kind of wrap up in a nice little bow and, and, and envision it into this, like, it's all going to be perfect and 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 shiny and beautiful. I I used to, I used to. I would say that the only thing that psychedelics have really healed me of is that. Ah, seriously, nice. seriously, I have not been healed of my depression. It comes when it's time. I have certainly not been healed from my anxiety because it is more intense now than it's ever been. I have not been healed of my sexual confusion. I am still. A little unsure about all of it. I'm a 38-year-old man who could maybe be gay. Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. See how trendy it gets. But, you know, none of this stuff is getting healed away. But I will say that I have definitely woken up to the idea that there's some sort of, like, landing place. There's some sort of thing where it's like, ah, then the difficult things will be done and gone. The anxiety will be gone. I, I read this book recently, um, and I'm definitely, I highly recommend it. Lovely book. It's called Already Free by a guy named Bruce Tift. And the title definitely makes you feel like, whoa, this is going to be some self-helpy shit. And um, lo and behold, it is. But it's like, it's like a, 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 a blending of Buddhism and sort of Western uh, psychology and the sort of like psychological de- developmental model and like the Buddhist fruitional model. And what he writes that's been so potent for me recently is that, and he's specifically talking about anxiety and anxiety has been a 
huge one for me. I, I get very anxious um, when it comes to uh, romantic relationships. Um, and I get, I have a very physical anxiety um, that happens. And, um, and what he writes that uh, has been so beautiful, which is that the anxiety never goes away. But you, realize, you, you learn that it is workable, that you can always work with it. You can always be with it. And the knowing that you can always be with it is actually the refuge from it that you wanted when you were trying to get rid of it. But the trying to get rid of it only intensifies it and actually makes it not workable. When you're desperately trying to get rid of it, it's not workable. But when you accept it, like I'm going to, this feeling will visit me in some form or another until the day I die. And who knows what happens afterwards, but it's workable. I can breathe. I can be present with it. I can say, okay, I could go for a run, just kind of sit here, but I'm okay, but I'm okay, I'm okay. This too shall pass, all things pass. It's workable, and that workability is the refuge. Um, I found that to be very, very helpful for me. So I have, um, I have recovered. I'm in recovery from believing that there is recovery. Mm. Wow. Cool. <laughs> but is, was that, was that humorous enough though? Or did I get, I could see, cause that's what happens. You get serious. You have we'll an punch answer. It up. We'll punch it up later. We'll, we'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get throw some, the laugh yeah, track. I'll throw some jokes well, in there. Well, no, but this is a, <laughs> but this is a good point because this is what I think keeps happening is like, even in this podcast, you start to have some kind of wisdom or some kind of answer or something that's worked for you. And then you want to share it to someone else. And we're just so in a world of brand building. You know, we're so in a world of like, I'm on your podcast and someone listened to this and they might like my podcast and then that's going to give me more listeners and then that's going to help with the thing, the TV show I want to do and all this kind of stuff. So my wisdom and my wisdom is so important and I'm so serious about giving the wisdom, right? And that's when we need the coyote energy. It's like, oh, you, you're, you're being serious. You think you've got it. You, you think you're the one. And then that's when we need humor to kind of undercut that and be like, no, no, it's all a clown car. You just happen to be driving in for a moment. And now all of a sudden it's running over you, but it's still, it's just, it's still a clown car. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep coming back to that. And that's actually part of why I wanted to be on your show. Mike well, that's, well, that's what I, this is where we get to the point of this all. I'm going to heal you of this right now. All you have to do is after you say some wise shit, you just fart afterwards. But what if I can't fart? What well, if I well, try well, to, f- <laughs> Mike? What if I try to fart as hard as I can, and all I do is shit myself? Oh, like, yeah, what if that? Yeah. What if that happens? Is there a medicine well, a perfect, I can take? That's a perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect metaphor for what we're talking about. There you go. <laughs> a little little short turd, but yeah, exactly. it's it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny because I have a I have a, a funny fart story that I'll share actually. Uh, so at this ayahuasca center that I was at, the Shipibo uh, healers are, you know, healing everyone in this ceremony. And there's about 20 people and we're drinking ayahuasca. And the ceremony kind of comes to a conclusion and there's a quiet space um, for about 30 minutes or so as we're winding down. And uh, I, I just... You know, it was just completely quiet and it was quite an epic evening, a lot of purging, a lot of emotion, a lot of energy. And uh, and I just I just let one go <laughs> and it was loud. And out of all the things that happened that night, it was just the timing of it. We were, we're ending this. We, we went on this journey. We're coming down. It's really quiet. You know, it's very 
the the the, the singing has stopped. It's it's dead quiet, and I just had to, and as soon as that happened, someone laughed, and then someone else laughed, and then the healers started laughing, and then the whole um, the 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 whole Maloka starts laughing, and it was just this kind of you know silly absurd it's like a reminder of like you said before were these like monkeys right and 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 my you know jason silva likes to quote one of my favorite books of all time too i didn't know anyone else read this book the denial of death where he's like talking about you know were these 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 breath gasping decaying beings the stink and are hairy and we're going to be food for worms but we can ponder and contemplate the infinite and it's like, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good Silva. That's a nice that's a nice Silva. You you like that one? Yeah, I got I got nice. I got a little. I, 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 I'm Pondering a the infinite, the infinite orgasmic poetry of humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As er, Ernest Becker in the denial of death, who was <laughs> pondering and contemplating human beings' infinite potential to be more than just a body of meat that's food for worms, and if we could just ponder and contemplate yeah i i love i love it i love you know you know you know you know he's so so funny story about the denial of death um so 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 jason like really isn't into death he's like very concerned about death um oh yeah i know yeah and and he's and he's never drunk ayahuasca and i was like dude just drink some ayahuasca and you'll you know you'll you'll get you get to do the dying thing and then it maybe it won't be such a preoccupation Right, as uh, Brian Maruscu said in, in in the immortality key, the the secret is to die before you die. Yeah, and then fart. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, and then fart. Yeah, we're we're just we're just one big held in fart waiting to let go. <laughs> yes, no, but we, but no, but actually, actually, really, like I think that that's a big thing with the psychedelic renaissance. You asked me a question earlier of like, who's the coyote? And I can't believe that there's not an immediate like, oh, well, of course, it's it's Shaman Bob. Shaman Bob is the fucking coyote. Like, obviously, he goes to the ceremonies, farts and leaves. Shaman Bob is the guy. There's no Shaman Bob. There just isn't. You know, yeah. I, there's a vision. There's a visionary artist I love who's a good who's, who holds this, which is, um, you know, Brad Radwood. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, he does lowbrow visionary art. Where there's a lot of like cat butts and stuff like that is what I'm talking about, like lowbrow visionary art. But like, there's no shaman Bob rolling into the Maloka, just like I, we need it. We need yeah, shaman like, Bob. Uh, maybe you and I'll get a school bus and and redo the Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters because uh, they the, they seemed like they were onto something. See, but that's what would. See, but here's the thing, man. I know myself. I've done enough of these fucking medicine journeys. That as soon as people started saying it was a thing, they're like, oh, did you see these two guys? They're like, it's like humor and psychedelics. It's like the next thing. It's like the next medicine. I would turn into exactly the kind of guru that I fucking hate. And I know uh, I would. I know yeah. I would. That's why I can't have a school bus. I got to be, I got to, <laughs> as I was saying earlier in the podcast, it's like, it's you are the one who is, who you are the one who tricks yourself. And I know that. I know. I, it's like. I can only handle so much spotlight or mm-hmm. or I'm Jared Leto with a fucking cult on an island somewhere, you know. Oh, is that he's got a cult now? Um, I saw a meme. I don't know. <laughs> it seems yeah. like it seems right for him. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. 
you either you either die a hero or, or live long enough to become the villain from uh the, the one of my favorite movies the dark knight but well um do you want to close out by me telling you about my projects <laughs> yeah please let's do that and uh and i'll just say that uh it's always important to ask questions and to listen and let the weird find you let the weird so find tell you. the people where they can find you and tell us about what you got coming up Cool. Um, so yeah, so I host the Life is a Festival podcast and I do a weekly clubhouse room on Saturdays, um, which is also called Life is a Festival, usually at 10 a.m. But if the guest is in a time zone that precludes that, as I think might be the case this weekend, um, it will be a different time. I also host a podcast for a psychedelic medicine company. Um, the podcast is called The Psychedelic Therapy Podcast. It does what it says on the tin and it is a little more serious than I would like it to be, but there and that's the space. Um, so I host Life is a Festival. I host the Psychedelic Therapy Podcast, and um, I'm currently uh, developing a TV show. And by developing, I mean the team that I'm working with has prepared a pitch that we are pitching next month. So I know you're probably not supposed to really talk about it. It's like saying you're writing a book, but you really haven't written it. Um, we are we are adapting Life is a Festival um, to a docu series. That is the intent. And the hope is that that will all happen. And um, yeah, that's 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 what I do. And I can be found on the internet. Find him on the internet, folks. You heard it here first. The wise coyote, Eamon Armstrong. And we're done. That was fun. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. If you did, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. Be a part of the community. Be a part of the inner sanctum. We want you in there. We want to develop a strong community there. Go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C. My website, MikeBrank.com. Check out Sheath Underwear. Put in the promo code 20% off. It's Mike Adelic. Mike Adelic is the promo code. Sheath Underwear, 20% off. Check out all the other sponsors. Links in the show description. Thanks to Danny Barnett and Galaxy for the music. And of course, much love to you all. Much love to you all. Peace. Till next time. <laughs>